Hey everyone, and welcome to Imagine the Possibilities with Intelia, where we showcase Intelia talent across departments. My name is Maritza Gamboa, Senior Manager, Talent Attraction Programs. On this show, we take deep dives into all things culture and careers. We talk about career steps and missteps, development, growth, and more. Just imagine the possibilities of what we can learn together. Today, we are imagining the possibilities with Francesca Vitelli, Vice President, AAV and Cell Therapy Process Development. Francesca joined Intelia back in May 2021. Prior, she was with Lonza in Houston, Texas, where she spent time heading up the cell therapy manufacturing organization. And before that, she built and led the viral vector process development team. Through that work, spun out a viral vector R&D function and a new MSAT team for the Houston site. Previously, she co-founded Stematics, a regenerative med tech company, and was an associate professor at Texas A&M. She also started out as an instructor at Baylor College of Medicine after her postdoc there. She earned her bachelor's in science at Georgetown and a PhD in neurogenetics from the Universidad de Studi di Siena in Italy. I totally butchered that. Sorry, Francesca. <laughs> Fun fact, Francesca, unlike me, knows four languages, Italian, English, Spanish, and French. She also has a trilingual daughter and a bilingual dog. Hi, Francesco. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. In the show intro, I provided a quick introduction, but I'd love to have you start a version of your bio. So tell us about yourself. Oh, thank you, Maritza, for, so much for this exciting opportunity. And actually, this, this window into Intelia is one of the reasons that I love working for this company, working with this company. It's just really inspiring and genuine and accessible. Um, I think you hit all the meaningful milestones in my bio, but I also wanted to share that on top of the sort of the professional credentials, I'm also a mom, a wife, a daughter, a sister, a volunteer, and a friend, uh, each in different grades and with highs and lows, because sometimes it is hard to do it all. And I've had the extreme good fortune of being supported by my family and lots of sponsors and mentors along my career path. And mine is a twisty path. It's not one straight to where I'm sitting here chatting with you in this chair. But um, one feature, I guess I wanted to add that maybe doesn't come out in in a CV or in general, when you look at someone's bio is, is something that I've held true to and kind of believed in strongly is that, you know, my career path has been shaped by just showing up. Uh, mm -hmm. You have to show up, right? And Brene Brown, I don't know if you know that behavioral psychologist, she, mm -hmm. she calls this behavior kind of stepping into the arena, making yourself vulnerable uh, and open to new experiences and also to being fallible and to mm -hmm. failing. And for me, that's the special space where opportunities arise, where growth occurs, and so I guess an alternate short version of my bio would be I listened and I looked for opportunities 
and where there was a need, I leaned in to try new things, stretched myself a bit and was supported by others in all of those efforts. And by trying to bring, you know, some competence, some mm -hmm. consistency, reliability, some good communication skills, and a good dose of compassion to those gaps. You know, I probably made some missteps along the way, but hopefully I was ultimately able to build trust and, and teams that helped advance programs and therefore kind of moved the needle in a positive way. So that's my Wonderful. version of my bio. <laughs> that's great. I love the competency, consistency, communication, compassion, words that are so important. I feel like compassion is often not talked about, uh, but that is so important. So thank you for that intro. So moving on to question two, I'm curious, how did you first discover your passion for science? Yeah. So, you know, I learned this also as a, as a mom, right? So many of us are so curious as children, yeah. right? We started as curious children and, and I was definitely that curious child, right? It was always asking questions, poking and prodding. <laughs> and somebody at some point gifted me that microscope toy that probably oh. a lot of people <laughs> had, um, well, you know, under which I placed all manners of things. Um, <laughs> and, and maybe that was my first sort of fascinated look into the sort of the micro or the, the tiny little world that was beyond our, our what we the eye can see. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I, I come from a family of merchants and entrepreneurs and, and, you know, I never thought science could be a job. Interesting. Um, but then I remember sort of in high school in that biology class and the right, the genetics section, um, kind of first understanding that there's like a blueprint, right? This code to life, the structure mm. and the beauty of it, the order, right? So I, I, that suits my mindset very much. And those instructions, it really appealed to me. And then sort of a, a around that time or actually a little bit earlier, my, my family is impacted by a rare neurodegenerative disease. Um, mm. It's called Huntington's disease. At the time, right, that wasn't sort of this is back in the 80s, right? So I guess I'm dating myself, but um, <laughs> that without a family history, right? And and because de novo mutations are pretty rare, it was kind of all speculation as to mm. what was wrong um, with my father, right? And I, I remember sort of as I was doing this high school bio class and learning about genetics and then kind of stumbling across a story about HD and then digging deep into the stacks and the libraries and kind of just realized, huh, interesting. And this is years before the disease-causing gene was identified. But um, ultimately, you know, both my my father and then my my brother succumbed to Huntington's disease. Mm. So I think at some point around those pretty early years, I, I decided, you know, how how can I make this not be so awful? For mm -hmm. you know, how can I try to make an impact and a difference in, in people's lives? How can I try to make things a little bit better by studying these, these genes and genetics? And so, you know, at some point I understood that there were ways to uh, look at the genetics, there are ways to measure it, and there are ways to maybe modify it, at least in vitro and mm -hmm. in animal models. And then at some point with awareness or not, I'm not sure I, I committed to trying to do some work in my life that would make a difference to help human health. 
And this kind of underlying principle is, is what I call my wildly important goal, <laughs> but it's kind of served like a North, a North star a little bit to me, sort of, mm-hmm. what can I do to help make a difference to human health? Very powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that. I feel like I hear that, uh, unfortunately, quite a bit with Intelia employees. It's really moving when people share personal stories or their connections to your, to your, to use your words, the North Star. Um, but even for folks who may not have a specific scenario like that, everyone seems to be so motivated to find that cure or help people. And it really makes such a difference. There's a lot of empathy at the company. Which yeah, is really nice. Yeah, we've got that Maslow's pyramid, right? The, yes. kind of the fulfillment and mm-hmm. uh, giving back at the top. Yeah. And so I'm going to fast forward a bit. And in the introduction, I shared that you studied in Italy, which I am so jealous of. I love Italy. I was actually watching Stanley Tucci, Tucci's new show yesterday. Oh, I love that. I love him too. Yes, I do too. Um, but so I'm curious if you can tell us a little bit about the experience of studying and living in Italy. Yes. So I, you know, my, my name is very Italian. So I'm <laughs> sort of genetically genetically from Naples that is oh the, yeah that, okay. yep the part of Italy the birth of the book. pizza <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly exactly um the best pizza so it is uh you know at some point during my um sort of my childhood there was a point in time when also when my father was was ill sort of we moved mm-hmm. moved back to Italy and I, I actually went to boarding school there as well oh, okay. um in Rome and oh nice then ended up coming back to the U.S. for university um but then sort of when I graduated from Georgetown there were you know many kind of forks in the road right facing mm. me in a series for a series of reasons somewhat connected as well to my father's health I chose to go back to Italy and um, kind of shortly thereafter made two decisions that I was going to be an academic and mm-hmm. that I was going to live the rest of my life in Italy. So, <laughs> right. These are the things that you say with conviction in your, in your early twenties. And so clearly neither one of those actually ended up panning out, but um, you know, it, it was, it was wonderful, right? So Italy is natural beauty, steeped in culture, mm. fantastic food, wonderful people. And, um, I did, I did manage to find, you know, quite a few professional opportunities and actually some early mentors as well that, um, oh, great. that then, you know, there was a couple of professors in the department of genetics at the university of Siena, where I was then recruited to, to start my PhD. And, um, uh, and that's how I ended up, uh, at, at Baylor college of medicine, uh, for, mm-hmm. for the sort of the tail end of my PhD studies and then a postdoc. And so, it was, uh, you know, obviously some place I always loved to return to, and it was wonderful to live there. And, mm. and everything is is very close. And <laughs> um, but at some point, took advantage of new opportunities that took me away from living in Italy. But um, my extended family and my husbands are also there. Oh, great! If you had to pick, what is your favorite place to visit in Italy? Or if you had someone who's never been, where would you say they must go visit? <laughs> oh, it's oh goodness, the country has to. You know, it's it's a long, thin country with all different <laughs> regions. But I'm particularly partial to a part of the country, which obviously Naples is in my my DNA. But um, Sardinia is an island off the coast with 
beautiful seaside and water and rocky roughness Ooh, and uh, okay. yeah it's very beautiful it doesn't have any of the the history <laughs> but it's a lot of the, the beauty yeah. oh wonderful that's great and then fast forwarding to today I'm curious if you can walk us through a day in the life of your current role with Intelia sure I, I'd love to and if for your audience that might not have a, a really solid idea of what is process development yeah. anyway <laughs> let me share I guess what the purpose of the PD team is that would be great yeah so in general, it's to design the, the production steps to ensure that a drug can be made reliably, reproducibly in the right quantity or, or scale and mm. in super high quality every time it's manufactured mm-hmm. and to do so with great consistency, right? So in processes with very little automation, like you know, what we do are, mm-hmm. especially in cell therapy and viral vector manufacturing, it's, it's both a science and an art and PD or the purpose of process development is to make it as make that manufacturing as error proof as possible and to execute it all the time in that high stakes and high pressure manufacturing setting. Mm-hmm. So we also kind of not only define the, the, the steps in the process, but also which are the points in the process that need to be kind of checked and tested to show that the process is in control. Okay. That's kind of a key word there, right? So that the characteristics and the functionality of the products that we end up with are always the same. Mm-hmm. So that it's not like basically a, a new event every single time manufacturing. So the, but that every drug that we make can have those same characteristics of you know, safety, purity, potency, uh, and all the quality uh, metrics every mm. single time. So our job in PD is to kind of define that design space and those parameters or those like guardrails in which we can operate efficiently. Efficiently, Process development is, it's like a cycle really that consists of several steps where we define the process, then design, deploy, analyze and reevaluate, improve and control Mm. and we do that over and over again and and my team does that for both our aav containing um our aav products as well as the cell therapy drug drug product so we work closely with our colleagues in r d right they're the process donors for us and Mm -hmm. they've worked out the basic biology and we work out the steps that then make the instructions a reality, right? And then we outsource those to a, a CMO or a contract manufacturing organization. That's where Intelia actually does most of its manufacturing or certainly the AAV and cell therapy portion. We also work super closely with analytical development to characterize and understand the product. Interesting. So, to get back to your question, I guess a week, <laughs> a week in the life, let's go a week in the life. And it, it consists of really mainly four four areas. There's a lot of internal um, team planning and alignment and updates and review of data for both kind of tactical, very near-term objectives, as well as uh, strategic objectives, um, both on the the CT and the AAV side. Mm -hmm. We're trying to build out our teams and trying to establish solid ways of working and structure for these teams so that we can build a scaffolding that can sustain long-term growth. So that's, that's one really big and key area of focus. 
Um, the second is a lot of sort of cross-functional interactions. And so mm. at Intellia, our products are super complex and, and plans move fast, right? So to ensure communication is strong and that everyone's aligned and moving in the head, same direction, we do spend time in cross-functional team discussions um, across the organization. So that's a big, that's a big chunk of time. Um, the third is um, interfacing with our CDMO partners. Since mm -hmm. we don't have internal manufacturing for AAV or cell therapy drug product, we spend time making sure that we're moving forward efficiently and, and well with our CDMO partners. And the fourth, but probably the most important thing I can do is spend time uh, with the team one-on-one -on -one with the direct mm. reports or in skip, skip levels to make sure that the team actually has what it needs to both get their work done and to continue to grow as professionals. Mm -hmm. So actually right now there's a lot of growth and hiring in our team. So time is also spent in those hiring activities. Great. That is super helpful. And it sounds like a very interesting week because you get to work both cross-functionally with so many teams in the company. And then to your point, working with external vendors as well. I feel like the variety to the day must be very fun. Keep you on your toes. Yes. <laughs> there's never a dull moment. Indeed. <laughs> no. Great. And you mentioned, of course, the team is hiring. Do you want to give a quick shout out? Any fun things about your team? Oh, well, I mean, I think the, so the team is, is growing. We have opportunities in both the cell therapy side and the viral vector side. We're building out an MSAT function, which is manufacturing sciences and technology. Mm -hmm. And um, that is a really an opportunity to kind of shape a new function within Intellia. Um, there's, uh, the team is very energized and young and, uh, everyone, like you said, at the outset, really passionate about what we do here. So just Great. the energy is, is outstanding. Great. And then staying on that topic, what would you say you and your team look for in an ideal candidate? Maybe if someone's listening, who's thinking about applying and interviewing with you all. Oh, that's a, that's a great question. Thank you for giving me a chance to showcase this, that there's really <laughs> two things that I, I try to look for. And one's a personality trait. Mm. And the other is, uh, I guess, more uh, an approach related to the technical work. Because I'm going to assume that they're, if they're applying, they have the technical chops to <laughs> do the job yes. that they've applied for. So, um, you know, as I mentioned, this team is, these teams are, are really strong and talented and and nothing motivates me more than an engaged team. And so much of my job should be ensuring that I keep engaged teams and an engaged employee. So I don't know if you've heard of this kind of way of thinking that people need the time, the tools and the training, right? To mm. do their job well. But mm -hmm. I like to also add temperament. Interesting. So I'll tell you how I try to set myself up for that sort of successfully finding candidates with the right temperament. Um, often during the interview process, when I ask folks, what are you looking for as your ideal next step, right? People will say they want opportunities to grow and mm -hmm. learn new things, right? So what I try to make sure is that people really have what, what, what's called a growth mindset, mm. right? As opposed to a fixed mindset. And what this really means is, is how you approach and navigate and learn from challenges and change, 
Mm. which of course we know are constants, right? So someone with a growth mindset will embrace a challenge or be open to a change as opposed to resent it. Mm -hmm. They'll persist in the face of setbacks and kind of not give up. And they'll be unafraid to fail because they know that ultimately there's a learning and it'll make them better, the process better, whatever they're working on. So with a growth mindset, you take criticism constructively, right? Because mm -hmm. you see it as a way to honor your potential, not to just necessarily only course correct. And you see value in observing and learning from your peers and from the success of others, as opposed to, you know, being mad or envious or, you know, why not me? Mm -hmm. And all of this kind of brings to the table with, without kind of impacting the person's sense of worth or self-worth. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's hard and it's a process, but it's, it's a really important feature. And so I try to ask specific, specific questions to uncover evidence of these behaviors. Like, tell me about a time you had some feedback and you know, how you reacted to it, how you implemented and, and, and what did you take away from it? I'm so, so glad you gave that example. I was going <laughs> just to ask that because I feel like any hiring managers listening, you know, at Intel or anywhere else can totally agree they would want someone with a growth mindset, but then it's really in a 30, 45 minute interview, how do you uncover that? <laughs> yeah. And, and it is, you know, everyone will say that they, they really are looking for a place where they can grow, mm -hmm. um, but then feet to the fire. Are you really, you know, are you prepared? And for me, that's such a key feature to building, um, building a team that can carry, uh, mm -hmm. help carry to the next stage. Great. Yes, the second sort of that more tactical or technical feature that mm -hmm. I look for in a candidate is their approach and understanding of risk management. And this is very sort of key to success in process development, sort of balancing and addressing uncertainty and managing risk in order to actually make forward progress. And it's been my experience that to do this successfully, it's critical to take a very systematic approach mm. to managing risk. And, and we do so in a phase appropriate manner right here. And so it's not just the process risk, mm -hmm. but it's important to kind of find and name those risks. Then you assess and prioritize those risks. Then you mitigate or accept, right? That's okay too, to accept the risk. Then kind of monitor and control. And so here too, I try to ask questions to prod that behavior. You know, tell me about a time you had to move forward without having all Ooh. the information available and how did you manage that risk and what was the outcome? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> so this is a really good hot tip for anyone listening interviewing for your team. And a quick shout out, anyone interested, head to Intellia's career page and that's where you can see all of our openings. <laughs> but thank you so much for sharing all of that. And I'm gonna switch gears because I know you relocated from Texas. So I'm curious if you can share how you found Intellia, maybe what attracted you to us as a company. And then maybe if you have any advice for someone thinking about also making a big move like that and really relocating. Yeah. So, I mean, again, that's because the path was so twisty for me. I moved to <laughs> Texas for what was supposed to be kind of wrapping up my PhD and maybe a postdoc. So I was thinking, you know, three, four years, maybe mm. five. And that was 20 years ago. Right. So, and I, <laughs> I just, uh, I just relocated in September. So um, it, it's, uh, 
it's it's always has unexpected, right? Something's always unexpected. Yeah. So um, I I had heard of Intelia as kind of low key, sort of humble CRISPR company, right? That that maybe wasn't as flashy as some of the uh, the other. Um, uh, CRISPR-based technology companies mm-hmm. out there. And and actually, a funny story, because my husband reminded me when I we took this job that three or more years ago or so, I, I made him drive past Erie Street. Oh, when no. We were, yeah, we were touring <laughs> colleges for, for our daughter, and I must have read something that piqued an interest or planted a seed. And I said, you know, where he said, where are we going? I'm just, I want you to drive past this place. And he's like, oh, okay. So <laughs> we drove past her and I just kind of stopped in that parking lot right in front oh. of the flower. And I was like, huh, interesting. And I didn't really do anything. And certainly that was years ago, right? Years oh. earlier. So <laughs> I, I don't know, there there must have been a seed that, that was planted. But then yeah. fast forward to 2021, early 2021, I met, I had met Kristen O'Brien mm-hmm. several years ago and she was in a different role. I was in a different role and she reached out for an opportunity. I ended up not, not taking at the time because it wasn't, timing wasn't right, but it was, it ended up being a really good chance to network mm-hmm. and meet um, the woman that was at the time, the hiring manager, really impressive, very strong, interesting, um, just one would have been a wonderful person to work for and with. Mm-hmm. So when she reached out early this year, I thought, okay, you know, I'm not, I'm not really going to go in this direction, but I'll probably have a really great networking conversation. I'll meet someone interesting. I'll, I'll take this call, but then <laughs> that'll be the end of it. <laughs> but then she um, connected me with Eliana. Mm-hmm. And then that was sort of, and then uncovering of all the excellent work and opportunities at, at Intelia. And then I met with, with Jess and Birgit and Christine and others and learned more about the culture and the mission and the marriage of what, you know, are just incredible technologies, right? CRISPR and my favorite AV and, and <laughs> cell therapies, right? And I, I really wanted to be a part of it. My, my daughter did end up in college here and my oh, parents great. are in New York and my very patient and understanding spouse is flexible to work somewhat remotely. <laughs> so we're doing the, I guess that's not bi-coastal, but we're doing the, the, the Texas Boston thing. Um, so um, yeah, and it really what, what is driving me is, is just the fantastic work that is being done here. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to have four seasons. (laughs) I was going to mention the snow and if you feel ready for Boston winter, but I didn't want (laughs) to ask me in February. Yeah. Yeah. Right now it's beautiful with the leaves changing. (laughs) Um, But no, that is a great story. Oh, I love that. And we had Sean Vigent on the show earlier and he actually gave similar advice that he just took a call from a recruiter just for networking purposes Mm -hmm. and later down the road, it connected him. And I think it's such an important message because you just never know when you're going to cross, cross paths again, or just the connections you have to people. And so to your point, taking the call and networking, 
it can be innocent. It doesn't have to be this scary thing when you take a call with the recruiter or hiring manager, but you just never know. Um, so I love that that story over years really played out for you and worked out for us as well. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. So I have one more question before we head into the rapid fire finale questions, but it's something I like to ask everyone, which is what is next for your career? I do recognize you just started. So That's right. I just got here. <laughs> so, but no, and, and I'm going to answer that question in, in that light. I did yes. just get here and, you know, I'm not really a, a job hopper. I think every time I've made a substantial move, it's been sort of seven years. So um, <laughs> after working in in sort of smaller startups right out of academia for many years. I spent the last seven years at a CDMO. And mm. what I really missed is having a product pipeline to rally behind. Mm. And so I'm I'm so excited to be here at Intellian to have that here. And and what a pipeline, right? It's mm -hmm. the complete toolkit to genome modulation to cure disease. And and my view, of course, is as process of development, we're here to help deliver on that tech ops side of things and for my functions in cell therapy and viral vector, as well as I mentioned, kind of MSAT, uh, building out that function. I, I love to sit at the interface of research and operations and strategy, and I, I feel that I can contribute this way at Intelia balancing all the stakeholder needs while advancing our objective and supporting, maybe supporting the next generation of leaders in mm. or out of Intelia, right? So I, I honestly, I look forward to the chance to do so here for quite some time. And I don't know if all else fails, maybe I'll become a house flipper or something. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. <laughs> yes, you can be like Joanna Gaines in the North. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, well, we are so excited that you're here. Can't wait to see all the amazing work you do as well. So my last questions are my rapid fire. So just give me the first thing that comes to mind. Um, and you sort of answered it, but maybe you'll go in a different direction. So my first question yeah. is, if you could have any job, regardless of talent or money, what would it be? You know, I, I always thought it would be awesome to have a really good singing voice. You know, songs keep you company. They can change your mood. It gives people hope. <laughs> Sometimes an outlet for sadness, like a constructive, safe outlet. It can connect people, unite people, a good ballad or an anthem and a few notes. <laughs> so simple and so powerful. But I am toned up. So. <laughs> it's, you said regardless of talent. I right? did. You know I what? That's love actually that. mine too. I want to be a country singer, but I mean, I can't be a country <laughs> singer. <laughs> give me those flashy pink cowboy boots. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. We should have a conversation about that. I have all manner of things Texan uh, accumulated yes. over 20 years. <laughs> we can go to karaoke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a great one. And then what is something you're currently working on in your role that you are excited about? Okay, so this, there's so much here, right? There's so much <laughs> yes. to be enthusiastic about it and tell you. So I'm, I'm going to share two things because I'm very excited about some of the products in our pipeline. On the ex vivo side, mm -hmm. so our cell therapy PD team is working on CAR-T cellular medicines. And what's particularly exciting about our CAR-T project is that it's allogeneic um, using 
CRISPR to edit out components that could cause rejection, which means the CAR T cells derived from a single donor can be used to treat many different patients. Wow. This is in contrast to like other canonical CAR T products, which are autologous, mm -hmm. which means the donor and the recipient are the same person, um, which sometimes that's really hard because you're starting with the patient cells and um, they're quite ill and it can be hard to mm. make, make drug out of that. So these kinds of allogeneic therapies open the treatment window to way more patients in need without the time or the risk of having uh, you know, the drug product made from their own cells. It's, it's a whole new ball game for these individuals. Mm -hmm. So that's really exciting. I'm gonna share something on the in vivo side where the viral vector process development team is working on a combination CRISPR and AAV pro drug product that introduces in a very site-specific manner, manner a functioning copy of a disease gene into a so-called safe harbor locus, which means that you, with CRISPR, you can create conditions in which you can slip a therapeutic gene into a location mm -hmm. to drive healthy protein expression. And because it's so highly controlled, we wouldn't anticipate any negative effects from the insertion. And it could help, like I said, the patient make a healthy version of their mutated and disease causing gene. Mm. This, this treatment approach and this therapy is really sort of elegant technology with elements that we want to kind of make it very precise potent and hopefully really safe. So that's, those are two things that are really exciting to me and just kind of the ability to bring together all those tools uh, under one roof mm -hmm. to deliver products that can change the fate of patients and change their lives. Sometimes I can't even believe this is my I was job. Just so. gonna say, I have <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, that's exciting. Great. Thank you for sharing that. And then my last question is, what is your favorite thing about working at Indelia? I'm going to say collaboration. So everyone really wants to work together to advance this mission that I just mentioned. Mm. The philosophy of one is pervasive, right? The one goal to improve lives, one mm. vision to get there by following the science, right? One voice or maybe one chorus to go back to that singing <laughs> analogy because the whole really is better than just the sum of the parts right everyone brings value to the table and generally there's great trust and respect that everyone will do their part and their contribution is valued mm. to get us there across the finish line mm -hmm. um, that yeah and the snacks those aren't bad either there's a lot of snacks <laughs> There are a lot of good snacks. That's so true. Good cold brew. <laughs> well, fantastic. Thank you so, so much. And I, I really couldn't agree more with you about the favorite thing about working at Antelia. I feel like the company does a really good job to, to your point of really highlighting what everyone brings to the table with the company meetings every two weeks and doing different shout outs at them. It's really wonderful. But thank you so, so much for coming on the show today, for giving us an insight into your world, some quick tips on Italy <laughs> and all of the fun in between. Thank you so much. Thank you. Really appreciated it. Thank you so much for listening to our eighth episode of Imagine the Possibilities with Intelia. 
Hopefully you all enjoyed hearing from Francesca as much as I did. I know I had been looking forward to interviewing her for a while and she did not disappoint between the advice and tips in Italy and just interesting life story and work. I found her so fascinating and she's an incredible manager. So if anyone is interested, like she mentioned, she is hiring. So check out our careers page. Next week, we will be dropping our ninth and final episode of season one. Make sure to check back in and as always, leave us a note with what you thought of today. Thanks.